Fantasy football drafts are here, starting with your Dynasty League rookie drafts. Who should you be targeting and who should you be avoiding? We're going to break all this down tonight and more on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never play. so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is May 9th, 2023. The sky, it's getting bluer. The grass, it's getting greener. And yes, the fantasy football season is getting closer. I am Seth Woolcock, host of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm joined tonight by a man who owns a hot sauce company, is an ear care specialist, and a fantasy sports and betting expert. Guys, give it up for the one and only King of Spice, Bo McBrayer. What's up, Bo? Uh, you know, living the dream, snapping necks, cashing checks. You know how it goes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are excited to have you on the show tonight, my friend. Uh, you're a big part of what we do at In Between Media, mostly leading our DFS and betting PGA initiative. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those new, especially on the audio side of things, because uh, you're not just video this week. You're also going to be in the people's ears. Yeah, I mean it's kind of exciting. I, I am a I'm a hearing care provider here in Northern California, and of course I write all sorts of written content, fantasy football, betting, golf betting, uh, do all those things. I'm I'm in scouting mode still, so I still kind of have lingering scout like rookie scouting left over from from the winter and the early spring, and now that we're starting to do actual drafts after the NFL draft, uh, I have to kind of transition from from scout football scout I've been watching the game my entire life and into fantasy to where I'm drafting my own teams. I'm giving people advice on who to draft based on where they landed in the draft and what round they landed, what their situation looks like this year versus in the long term. uh, changing hats a lot this time of year, Seth. Yes. Yes, absolutely, man. And that's what we do best here at IBT Media. We change hats, and it's no different tonight. We're going to start out doing a little bear in mind or bullshit, talk about some of these rumors we're hearing, some of these minor moves, and saying, hey, do these impact fantasy leagues at all, or should we just brush them to the side? And then we're going to get to our updated rookie mock draft. As Bo mentioned, we do have some real landing spots to, to dissect now. And we did this a couple weeks ago with Hutchinson Brown. Hutch absolutely crushed it as usual and brought the heat. And I think Bo's going to do the same tonight. Also joining us on the show, of course, audio producer extraordinaire, Mr. Kyle Scott in the back end. How you doing tonight, Kyle? I'm doing fantastic, Seth. Thank you for asking. Treating myself tonight to a little <laughs> bit of a Crown Royal Vanilla and Mexican Coke. Okay. So- feeling good can't feel much better you know what i'm saying absolutely i hope i'm glad you're feeling good kyle i hope the ibt family is feeling good as well as we hop into to a very cool show tonight uh, if you guys are new to the channel please give this video a thumbs up and uh subscribe if you aren't already that's the easiest way to support us here so bo with that all said what are you cracking tonight before we jump into this i got some modello on okay tap. okay all right, we are we are classy tonight, folks. Let's go ahead and get a little less classy, a little trashy, if you would. <laughs> Dress down. And, Dress and down. <laughs> bear in mind or bullshit. This just in: breaking news. Man, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. 
So this is absolutely hilarious. I have to tell the people this, Bo. Tonight we come in. We're getting ready for the show. And you said, hey, Seth, I am an editor. And you went with the wrong bear. I thought it was B-E-A-R-E. I was wrong, uh, Bo. Apparently it is spelled just like the animal. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, there's one thing I can correct you on it per year. I'll, I'll take it. Because <laughs> you correct all my stuff. Everything I write pretty much Seth sees both for fantasy pros, betting pros, and here at IBT. Uh, so, yeah, it, I'm, I'm sure you've edited quite a few things to correct my grammar. And so I got one this time. This yeah. time I got one on Seth, and I, I'm happy about it. I'm probably not going to ever let you live it down. <laughs> absolutely uh we'll keep hammering out the oxford commas or no oxford commas Ugh. over here at ibt media bo let's jump into it jet sign randall cobb to a 2.25 million dollar <laughs> deal via our guy adam schefter and listen I, I know he's not the most exciting player however this is a guy who over the last two seasons in green bay with mr aaron Rodgers, 63 receptions 719 yards six touchdowns However, only five games over 10 PPR points in that span that were usable, Bo. Uh, wide receiver corpse, pretty loaded after this. How do you think Randall Cobb factors into this at all? And is this something to bear in mind for fantasy managers, or is this just bullshit? This is some baby back bullshit, because <laughs> um, I think with that contract, I think he's guaranteed a 53-man roster spot, but I wouldn't go any farther than that. I still think he's wide receiver four or five on this team and wide receiver four and five on a team. That's definitely going to be run first, run heavy, run all the time, play action with Aaron Rodgers, heavily targeting their alpha receiver, Garrett Wilson. I think Randall Cobb is going to be a dust in the wind for fantasy. So do not bear this in mind. It is a nothing burger. It's an Aaron Rodgers appeasement, nothing more. Yeah, and this is a guy who knows that Nathaniel Hackett offense had a lot of success 20 and in a couple seasons ago with Hackett calling the plays. Uh, does it hurt at all other guys in this offense? Obviously, they're different types of receivers. Corey Davis right now slotted in as the wide receiver three. McCole Hardman probably going to battle him for that other outside job. Uh, and then Randall Cobb as well. Any subtraction for them at all? Or are they still, you know, end of roster guys? I don't know that Corey Davis makes this team. I'm pretty sure Denzel Mims does not make the team. Okay. Alan Lazard being the wide receiver too doesn't even feel right because he can't get open. He's not a good route runner. He's a great blocker. So I think if anything, it makes the other two guys, Hardman, uh, Hardman especially gets an upgrade from Cobb being there because he can learn behind a vet like Cobb. It's not just Cobb being there as a player. It's Cobb being there as a mentor for the younger guys, that's where he provides value. He is a locker room guy. Yes. Unfortunately, that does not pay our bills in fantasy football, but it's a nice signing for the team. I'm not going to downplay Randall Cobb's contribution to what yes. should be a pretty solid team, especially with how good their defense is and how much star power they have around Aaron Rodgers on that team. So I think it upgrades Nicole Hardman. I think we see a breakout season from Nicole Hardman. Wow, okay. Okay. Because the Chiefs never really gave him more than a spot role. And they really did pull him off the field multiple times when he made a mistake instead of coaching him out of mistakes. They just said, hey, you messed up. Get off the field. They never really went into much detail with what he was good at. Yeah, I it's it will be interesting. We know the draft capital was there, second round pick. A lot of Tyreek Hill comps early in his, his career didn't work out in Kansas City. Let's see what happens here. Bo likes him as a sleeper, and uh, Randall Cobb. I, I'm sure he, he they'll come a time this year. We'll throw him into a lineup. He'll get us three receptions, two of those first downs, maybe a touchdown. Um, so Randall Cobb, welcome to the Frisky Jets, baby. Let's move forward here, Bo. C.J. Stroud. <laughs> Uh, his number one request to the Texans, draft Tank Dell. This is coming out of uh, Houston News via KRPC-TV. This is actually an interview with Tank Dell who said he is good friends with Stroud, met him at the Combine, 
you know, very friendly back towards each other. And Stroud told him, uh, hey, I requested you. And, and that's what he gets here. He gets a guy who put over 2,700 yards and 29 TDs at Houston in that All-American Conference the last two seasons. However, Bo, this is a guy just over 5'10", not over a buck seventy. Little guy, um, does he does he go up a stock here? Like, like, are you more interested in Tank Dell? Maybe in our rookie draft here coming later on tonight, knowing that he was at the request of CJ Stroud. Yeah, to a degree, but more of cost adjusted analysis. Tank Dell is a guy who plays well above his weight class on the field. He play. He's an extremely adept route runner. He's not an X receiver. He's not big or strong enough to really be on the line of scrimmage too often. But as a flanker and as a slot, he's an outstanding route runner. Extremely quick, shifty, and if he has chemistry with the quarterback from day one in the same draft class, we've seen plenty of examples where that works out just fine. Especially on a rebuilding team like the Houston Texans, he goes from Houston to Houston. Didn't even have to hire a realtor. That's good news for Tank Dell. Uh, that's good news for C.J. Stroud because Tank Dell can get open, and rookie receivers need guys who can get open. There's not much of that around Tank Dell on that roster. That wide receiver room is scary bad. So I wanted to ask you that. How do you rank these guys for 2023? Uh, let's say redraft purposes only. John Mechie, Robert Woods, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Xavier Hutchinson, another guy I know you like out of Iowa State. Yeah, Hutchinson's a big guy. I think he's going to slot in behind Nico Collins as the X. Okay. Uh, Collins has looked surprisingly good. He he he's been a pretty decent separator as a vertical X receiver. He's a big body, scores in the red zone. Uh, even with Davis Mills chucking the ball up, who knows where? Uh, CJ Stroud's extremely accurate, and he loves throwing to big guys down the field. We've seen it at Ohio State for two years now. I think this Houston offense is going to be just fine. Unfortunately, their defense is so atrocious that I might might even play into our favor for fantasy for the Houston passing game because I think Stroud was one of the only guys that was ready-made to be a week one starter as a quarterback. And landing in Houston was not going to hinder him there because it's not going to take any time in camp to beat out Davis Mills. Okay. All right, let's move forward here, Bo, to a more exciting AFC team, I would say, at least for now, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Jarrett McKinnon back with the Chiefs on a $1.27 million deal via our friend Field Yates. Look, I mean, it's never going to be sexy for Jarrett McKinnon, but the guy finished as the RB20, was a league winner. Most of that coming through the air, 71 targets, 56 receptions, 500 yards, but I think he is a regression candidate, Bo, because he had 10 total touchdowns, nine receiving touchdowns. Does that happen again? And what happens here? Because Isaiah Pacheco, he's recovering from surgery as well right now. So it's kind of a, a, a jumbled mess there in Kansas City, once again in that backfield. Yeah, and they're not, uh, they're not a team that should be ever considered a good landing spot for running back. We learned the hard way with CEH or a lot of people learn the hard way, even as a first rounder, the landing spot inflation on CEH was so extreme that people were only going to be let down with that inflation. I think Pacheco being a seventh rounder that did pretty well for his draft capital last year as a rookie, that plays into kind of mitigating his cost of acquisition last year. And now that you have a guy re-signing like Jarek McKinnon, who's, Still got it. I mean, that's one thing. He he is definitely a regression candidate because those numbers are going to be extremely hard to duplicate this year. The uh, On the other side, is not going to be like he falls off a cliff because he's one of the best pass-protecting running backs in the league. He catches balls. He's got good speed still. And Patrick Mahomes loves this guy. And all I can say is bear Jarek McKinnon in mind only for the reason that we can finally throw roses on CEH is coughing here because I don't think he makes the team out of camp. A spicy take about the former number one pick for the Chiefs. So, uh, what a disastrous first round pick, by the way. The dude never had the chops. I never understood the pick. They picked him over Swift, they picked him over Dobbins, and especially picked him over Jonathan freaking Taylor. Yeah, crazy how things change here. Let's stay with the Chiefs, though, uh, Bo. The Chiefs, they view Kadarius Tony as their potential number one wide receiver. That's via our guy Mike Florio out there in Ohio, pro football talk. I said this last week. I still, like, I like the talent of Tony, but I can't trust a guy who's missed 45% of his games 
coming into this season. Uh, never had more than 420 receiving yards in a season. Hashtag blaze it, Bo. What do you feel like here? Um, are you getting behind the Tony hype train? Because Rashid Rice is coming on this team as well. Could challenge for an X role. Neither one of those guys is going to be the guy. This is absolute bullshit. This is just making up a story to make up a story. If you need clicks, it's been a slow month for the Kansas City media. Yeah. Kadarius Tony is a slot gadget guy, period. Yes, he is one of the best yards after the catch guys in the league. There's no doubt about that. He cannot run a full route tree. He cannot catch the ball consistently. And first and foremost, it's not just injury prone. The dude doesn't play enough. And yes, he had a really big target share and a very, very small sample size last season once he was traded to the Chiefs. That was promising. He was still scoring on gadget plays. He's not a reliable contributor. He's definitely not a wide receiver one. I will never draft him as anything more than wide receiver three for anything. And it's, again, that Kansas City Chiefs landing spot inflation that, in my mind, should go the opposite way. This is still Travis Kelsey's team. And still, until Travis Kelsey shows any inkling of slowing down, in fact, he's still on the ascent numbers-wise. He keeps setting new records. He's 32, which means if he plays to Jason Witten's age, he's got five more years of elite production. I'm not putting anybody as wide receiver one of this team besides Kelsey, and then it's a huge drop-off. And if anything, I'm taking the guy who can actually run a full route tree, get open at all three wide receiver positions, and that's Sky Moore. You once Okay, so gun to the head, you have to draft one of these wide receivers. It's Sky, Sky Moore, Moore for you. Every single time. Kadarius Tony can't run all the routes. Rashi Rice can't get open either. His his route tree, his reception perception was abysmal. Yeah, his against route- very against very bad competition at SMU. It's not like he was running routes against good corners. He couldn't get open against bad corners. Red flags everywhere. Another guy who's really good after the catch, who's going to be co- good in spots in this type of offense, but he's going to have to be schemed open. If I'm going to have a guy who I want to draft. I'm going to say the guy who wants to stay on the field because he gets open all sorts of ways. And Andy Reid loves those guys. Those are your Sky Moores. Sky Moore got a lot more run at the end of the year once he got the hang of that offense. And that's where I'm That's where I'm hanging my hat because I can get super, super value on Sky Moore versus the inflated rookie and Kadarius Tony, who's getting this kind of smoke. Yeah, Sky Moore. I mean, that is the one good thing about this call here, Bo. Right now, going as wide receiver 56 overall in those best ball drafts via Fantasy Pros. Is, uh, they, they lay out all the, the ADP very well on their consensus range. And if so- I wasn't in that ECR, it'd be even worse because <laughs> he's a lot higher for me. Okay. All right. I love it, man. I love I love the the take on that. Looks like we got Dick Sickles in the chat tonight saying Bo is yeah. one classy mother effer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glad to have him on board tonight here. Um I want to round this out with just a little bit of rumor mill talk. Buccaneers could potentially sign Ezekiel Elliott via Jeremy Fowler. Rashad White had a very solid RB36 season last year, Bo, but there were some some warning signs with him a little bit. Only averaged 3.7 yards per carry. A lot of that production came on some big runs. Did have 50 receptions, but only 5.8 yards per reception. Was this uh, just a stale Byron Leftwich offense, or should we be considering uh, getting rid of White now before this happens in our dynasty leagues, Bo? Uh, I'm already. I was already selling high on White because a lot of people okay. still have a lot of smoke for the guy. He's yes. a really talented open field runner. He does not run between the tackles well. He didn't do that well at Arizona State. This is a larger back who does not run like his size. He runs smaller than size. And that was the knock on him coming out of Arizona State was that he's 6'2", 220, and he does not run with any power, does not break tackles. He His average yards per carry between the tackles, I believe, was below three yards. So if unless they're going to plan on getting him out in space as a rule – then they can expect elite production from Rashad White as their RB1. And they need a guy like Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette I agree. To, I agree. to bolster that because Rashad White is not that guy, and you don't want him to be that guy. If I'm a Rashad White manager, I hope they sign Ezekiel Elliott because that attention 
goes to Ezekiel Elliott and Rashad White can stand out a la Tony Pollard, even though Pollard's a better tackle breaker and plays to his size better, that he's like Tony Pollard light. He's a bigger back that plays a little bit quicker than his size. And that's the one difference Pollard has over him is, is he uses side to break tackles at a Nick Chubb level where Rashad White just goes down at first contact. He needs Ezekiel Elliott to be on that team so that he doesn't take too much punishment because he's not going to hold up the way he runs. Okay, so both saying from a redraft perspective, this might not be a terrible thing having Zeke here uh, supplant himself in this backfield. Uh, but overall, dynasty sell still from Rashad White. I'm on that train with you as well there, yeah, Bo. He's, he's too high. Yes. Uh, before we jump in and, and do a little mock drafting, we do have Didi in the chat saying hello, boys. Good to see you, Didi. Hope you're doing well. Uh, is she a NorCal person as well? I I, I think she no, is. No, she's correct? SoCal. SoCal. Okay. Okay, so no NorCal. Which I don't hold that against her because she's awesome. She cooks. Everything's cool, but yeah, SoCal for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bo, let's go ahead and let's mock it like it's hot, and let's get in some back in the day. They make them like this way back in the day. He took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day. Couldn't predict how it could all change. Don't you ever forget how far we came. How far we came. Never forget how far we came. How far we came. Remember how it was way back in the day. All right, we're going all the way back in the day to just a couple of weeks ago when uh, we talked about or, or we did a fantasy mock draft for these rookies. And a lot's changed kind of looking at this board here. Bo, I want to give you a second to diagnose this. Um, obviously, I'm at the 102, and I don't really like my draft as much looking back here. I still like C.J. Stroud a lot. However, I don't think he was worth the 102. I, I took him hoping at this point he would end up in Carolina, have some steady veterans to work with. Um, other than that, though, what do you think changed since this uh, this mock draft here just a couple weeks ago? I think uh, Jameer Gibbs moves up a little bit. Uh, there's yeah. a, a good deal of people. Not me. I, I still love JSN as a future Hall of Famer wide receiver. But Jam Jameer Jameer Gibbs draft capital at 12th overall moves him up to a lot of people's number five pick or even number four pick ahead of one of the quarterbacks. Uh, usually that's been Stroud to in from my perspective uh, doing about, I think I've done a dozen uh, start uh, rookie drafts so far since the draft. Um, Bijan, of course, still one Oh one. I think we've seen Bryce or Anthony Richardson move up to two slash three. And yes. then you see Gibbs and JSN and, Stroud kind of vie for that four, five, six, and then it kind of stays the same. Levis took a huge dive because he fell to the six, the second round to Tennessee, and now he's really not guaranteed a starting position at any point. Yeah, absolutely. Levis, you could really have made that argument that after the top six, he belonged at that 107, that 108, and I don't think so right now. Um, hmm. Still kind of the same cast of running backs in that second, third round. However, there are guys like Spears who, who I still love Ty J Spears, but he does fall a little bit um, with the ACL rumors out there. While other guys like Acne and uh, Miller kind of rise up the board possibly because of landing spot. So um, any thoughts on the running backs there or anything else you're seeing on this board? Because I obviously see some, some followers like uh, Darnell Washington, um, but then there's all, all often some risers as well. Jaden Reed to the Packers, Rashid Rice, in my opinion, to the Chiefs as well. So anything else you're seeing that we should point out before we, we get into our new mock draft here? Well, you mentioned Devon A. Chain, uh, the Texas A&M speed merchant, absolutely track. Like he's a four three guy. He ran a ten, almost a ten flat in the hundred meters. So he's up there with Tyree Kill and speed. And him going to the Miami Dolphins to join that four by one hundred relay team that they have there with Mike McDaniel's yes. offense. Uh, that moves him up to uh, late first, early second territory. So I'm excited about him. Um, it's a little steep for me in the late first to go after a chain, but uh, Kendra Miller landing where he did is super nice. Uh, and then, of course, you see guys like Evans and Tucker, who took a really big dive. Um, I'm excited to see Roshan Johnson move up from late second to early second, too. 
Yeah, and then there are receivers that also took a dive kind of with their draft capital and landing spot. Jalen Hyatt being a big one for me as well. Kayshawn yeah, Booty. too early anyway. Yeah, Boutte's going down the field. I mean, even poor Hutchinson, he drafted C.J. Johnson down there. Guy didn't even get drafted. Um, but Sean Tucker, same thing. We were drafting Sean yeah. Tucker in the second round, and he didn't get drafted either. My heart. Well, we didn't know about the heart, we didn't know the heart condition before when you did that draft either. So that that makes that a huge true. difference. Absolutely. Well, Bo, let's go ahead. We're going to get into our new mock draft. I'm going to pull that up here. Um, and as we do that, I do want to welcome on to the screen um, someone very important to the IBT podcast and IBT family here. Kyle Scott, what's going on, Kyle? How are we doing? Uh, I'm still doing fantastic. I'm still, I still, you know, <laughs> no complaints today from me. That's all I'm going to say. All right, man. All right. He's feeling the vibes out there in Pittsburgh. Kyle's going to interact with the chat. Kyle's going to pick on the chat's behalf here in this mock draft. Um, so, Kyle, uh, good luck to you. I hope the IBT family has your back here. Um, you're on the clock with the 101. Obviously, the consensus so far this season has been B. John Robinson. Do you and the IBT family change things up? Yeah. You know – no pussy footing around here. It, it's it, you know, it's Bijan. I mean, come on, let's let's yeah. be real. Let's... Yeah, that's he gave himself that pick for the reason. I I guarantee it. <laughs> yes, yes, and and uh, you know, I I think there is has been some debate. Could Richardson be the one? But it's just so risky with Richardson. I like him as the two. I think that's fine. Um, this top four and five here, this is exactly how I think consensus is going to shake out here, Bo. Do you have any issue with how you see it here? However, we did just do a mock draft, and I just got Stroud at seven, which I thought was a value. Um, any thoughts on yeah. how it shakes out here at the top? I've seen Stroud go as low as nine, uh, which is crazy, but uh, that's that's preference. Some of these weapons got pushed up, like the wide receivers. In the second round or the late first, they got pushed up pretty far so some of those people that are drafting with solid two or three quarterbacks and super flex they're not going to want a cj stroud they're not going to need a cj stroud if it was me who was sitting at that pick i would trade back to get more yes. picks so i get the receiver i want and another pick in the middle of the second maybe or maybe a next year's first or second so i can keep building value to my team uh, but cj stroud is a solid pick anywhere you take him it's just going to be based on team need if you're going to push him down the board any further than four or five. Well, and the crazy thing about C.J. Stroud is that he is falling so far. And I, I think we're going to look back here in a couple weeks or a couple months when he's starting. And we're going to say, wow, this guy was a big value here in the middle of so, the first round. So he is so good, guys. Don't sleep on C.J. Stroud. And when he came, I actually got to see him in person this year at a Penn State game here in Happy Valley. And I just said, God, this guy is bigger than half of our defensive line. Like, he looks the part. He looks the part, guys. So he ripped you guys up, too. <laughs> hey, we, 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 we hanged, we hung very tight for about three quarters. And man, was I buzzing. Man, was I buzzing. Those, those $12 beers were hitting just right just to see it go down the drain. Um, I'm going to make a pick here and. It is CJ Strat or uh, it is Jackson Smith Jigba, and I don't think you have to overthink this one. Obviously, he's I think is in this tier, but I've seen people overthinking this. They've been taking Jordan Addison over him, and I would even argue at the 105 spot, I still want JSN. And here, here's what I like about this landing spot more than most people: over 80 vacated targets in Seattle, but also Noah Fant and Will Disley were getting pounded with targets because they had no other options. 100 targets for that tight end group. That is an outlier season for the top two tight ends in Seattle. The previous four years, this was the total for them. 89, 77, 86, 57. So that 101, that's not going to happen this year. Jackson Smith Jigba is going to absorb some targets. And I know everyone's afraid of DK Metcalf. They're afraid of Tyler Lockett. Don't get me wrong. These are solid wide receivers. But you can still produce being a number three option on – on an NFL roster. We saw it last season. Jahan Dotson on pace, wide receiver 28. Christian Watson, almost a league winner. C.D. Lamb, wide receiver 20 behind Gallup and Cooper. Deontay Johnson behind Juju, behind Nate Wash or uh, James Washington in his first year, wide receiver 30. It does happen, folks. So I'm not backing down off JSN quite yet. 
Bo, how do you feel about uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Jackson Smith and Jigba? JSN is two tiers above any of the other wide receivers before the draft. And I moved Addison up to the tier below uh, JSN because of where he landed. JSN is an elite separator. I comped him to Stefan Diggs. He primarily ran slot, but we're talking about a guy who can line up and win and dominate at all three receiver positions on the field. Just because he's amazing in the slot doesn't mean he's not also amazing everywhere else. That's just where they happen to put him when Marvin Harrison Jr. and Chris Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson, and he outproduced all of them. Every single one of them. JSN was the alpha of that amazing receiving core. That should tell you everything you need to know about JSN. The dude is a legendary separator, and he will win, and he will get tons and tons of targets from from a very, very accurate Geno Smith. And, and let's not like, I, I love what you said there. He did outproduce Garrett Wilson. He did outproduce Chris Olave, not by a little bit. He had 1,600 yards in that 2021 Ohio State season. Garrett Wilson, 1,000 yards. Chris Olave, 900 yards. And what did he do in that Rose Bowl without them? Oh, only 15 receptions, 350 yards, and three TDs. So, that is Jackson Smith Jigba. That is what we're getting here at the 106. I love this pick here. Uh, Bo, it is to you at the 110. We see Quentin Johnson go off the board at the 107, Jordan Addison at the 108, and Zay Flowers at the 109. Uh, you're at a bit of an intersection with the, with the top four wide receivers and the top two running backs off the board. Yeah, it puts me in a tough spot at the end of the first when one of these guys doesn't slip to me. Yes. I did just get Jordan Addison yesterday at 109, which was okay. a gift from heaven. But at the 110, I gave myself this because I knew all these guys were going to be gone. And because you had the king of spice on your damn show, I'm going to make a spicy pick. And one that might ruffle some feathers. But this guy is an absolute animal. And he landed in a perfect spot for him to excel with an elite quarterback in the making, I'm going to go to Josh Downs here. Josh wow. Downs, North Carolina, undersized, another elite separator, a guy who's going to put up humongous numbers in Indianapolis. Uh, he's going to take over as that Paris Campbell replacement, except he's a lot better than Paris Campbell. And Anthony Richardson is going to find his short yardage guy. And Josh Downs is fast and quick enough to win in the intermediate and long game too. Alec Pierce can't get open unless he's running a nine route. And Michael Pittman is slow. He's great at posting up and making good catches and getting open in the intermediate game. But we're, we're, they're looking for flash. They need a guy with speed. Alec Pierce is supposed to be their field stretcher. And it's mixed results with him. There was a huge void in quickness in Indianapolis last year, especially because their offensive line pass blocking department took a yes. huge step back. Uh, they needed Josh Downs, and Josh Downs was a first-round pick for me before the draft, and this didn't scare me off of him at all. Man, I, that that is a hot take, Bo. Uh, I think we just did another one of these drafts recently. I think it was a double tight end premium league, so it kind of pushed up some tight ends. And I think you yeah. actually got him in the third round, so – are you afraid to go against consensus there and take downs? No. Not at all. No. I think a lot of these guys that are getting first round draft capital are getting too much helium. Like their, their pick has no value in the first round. They're supposed to be second rounders, but because of new cycles, because of landing spot, they're going much too early. And what that does is it pushes better players in better places, in my opinion, according to my eyeballs and scouting and my experience and training on the matter. Those guys are getting pushed down to a value spot. And that's where I'm hitting is I want Josh Downs. And if I'm in a linear draft like a rookie draft, I can't guarantee Josh Downs is going to be there at 210. So yeah, I want to get the guy. I want to get my guy with wide receiver one upside at least as far as a rookie wide receiver one upside, I'm getting that guy so that I don't have to wor worry about him coming back around because at the 210 spot, that's right after a huge cliff, huge cliff. Well, and Kyle, we're back to you here after Will Levis and Dalton Kincaid follow up his pick of Josh Downs. 
and you were up, and a guy fell right into your laps. Your own Seattle Seahawk, Seahawk Zach Charbonnet, jo- jo- joins the backfield <laughs> with Kenneth Walker. Um, is that your pick? I would love to hear from the chat. Is Zach Charbonnet an auto smash at the 2-1? Because I think he is. I, I, I think he can coexist with Kenneth Walker. I think it's a great compliment. So weigh in in the chat. Is Zach Charbonnet the smash here? Is that what Kyle's got to do? Because Kyle, you, you, you're originally from Seattle, right? So, so this seems like a home run. Yeah, right around there. Uh, yeah, I would love to be uh, sipping on some Charbonnet. If, you know, <laughs> you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, classy. Classy <laughs> Charbonnet. Uncorking the Charbonnet. Uh, <laughs> I would love that. That'd be great. I would love for him to coexist well with uh, Kenny Walker out there. That would, I, The Seahawks being good would be chef's kiss i'd love that well hey they 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 outperformed what expectations were last season and i think they're gonna do it again here bo just just give me one word give me expression what kind of reaction would you have if you're the 101 not only do you get Bijan robinson but you just added zach charbonnet what's the reaction well, that's kind of the, the ongoing strategy in a dynasty league is you invest long-term in wide receivers because you want your, your team to be stable. And then you draft the best rookie running backs you can compile, especially if you have the 101. You get B. John Robinson, your running back department gets extreme in, instantly better. And then you get the consensus before the draft, consensus RB2, alongside Gibbs at a much lower price. Gibbs got inflated because of his draft capital and landing spot. Uh, Because Charbonnet is in a muddy backfield, so to speak, where he's competing for touches with Travis Homer and DJ (laughs) Dallas, or not even Travis Homer, he's in Chicago, DJ Dallas and nobody else. Kenneth Walker wasn't going to carry 100% of the workload anyway. It was going to be a 60-40 split if if they didn't pick Charbonnet. And now it's a 50-50 split with two of the biggest, studliest running backs you can find. Ken Walker is your big home studs. run guy. And and Charbonnet, the joke, with, I'm a big Pac-12 guy. I don't really like UCLA because I'm an Oregon you do, fan. But you do love the Pac-12. I, I, I hate yeah, the Pac-12. Charbonnet, the joke with UCLA was Charbonnet is French for touchdown. Like that's just <laughs> That was the running joke in the Pac-12 because the dude has a nose for the end zone. He's a really good receiver where Ken Walker is not. And so even though Ken Walker is more of that speed guy that can break the big one, Charbonnet is going to be all over the place. He can catch the ball. He can score short yardage. He's a versatile back. And at 220 pounds, he's going to hurt somebody out there. I I love Zach Charbonnet, and I especially love him in an offense that loves to run the football. I think he's their new Chris Carson. Oh, okay. okay. And we saw Chris Carson do a little bit of everything. So Dick yep. Sickles is weighing in in the chat. He's saying he has a hard time taking Charbonnet here um, and would maybe go Ashnay. But Kyle, the pick is yours. Um, I think Bo talked, talked you right into it. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, Bo certainly helped. The hometown, hometown bias certainly helped. Uh, the countless puns you can make with his name certainly helped. I mean, this guy's yeah. a five-tool player. <laughs> Absolutely. Kyle, Kyle smashes him there. And then acne, he goes with the next pick to Miami. Uh, And then Miller, Kendra Miller rising up draft boards as well. He could get an early, uh, early usage here. If there is an Alvin Kamara suspension, Hendon hooker two four, a little early for me personally. Um, And then Marvin Mims out of Denver. He's uh, he's going at the two five. So, I'm back on the board with the two six, and I have a lot of intriguing options here. If I'm being honest, um, I could go running back. There, there are guys like Ty J Spears here. Um, outside of that, it, it's him and Roshan and, and Chase Brown in a tier for me. But I think I can still maybe get one of those guys if I wait. So I, I think I should maybe consider a tight end here. This is a tight end premium draft. Michael Mayer's on the board. That intrigues me here. However, I'm also looking at a guy like Rache Rice. Honestly, I. I I feel like it might be a pick or two early, um, but but man, I mean that Kansas City wide receiver core is wide open, and Rice produced with multiple quarterbacks, multiple offensive schemes. Um, so, Bo, if you're on the clock here, can you talk me out of Rice or can you talk me out of uh, going tight end here and going with Michael Mayer? Uh, you should go tight end, uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to Mayer or uh, Sam, Sam Laporta. Laporta. 
Yeah, because in tight end premium, are looking for you're looking for a immediate production from a tight end, which is hard to come by. This this class is very deep with guys who's gonna who are gonna get a chance to start right away. And the fact that there's three of them, which is nice. We usually don't get more than one or two in each class. They can start right away and be a decent receiving option for the team that they land on. Uh, Mayer landing with the Raiders, who have Hooper and OJ Howard on the depth chart. That's a great landing spot for Mayer, especially with his pedigree being the number one tight end in the nation for all four years. He was at Notre Dame. It was a consensus until Brock Bowers came along. Yeah. And then you have super great after the catch, Iowa Hawkeye tight end factory. They got going there starting with Dallas Clark back in the day, all the way through Noah Fant and George Kittle and, and all these guys that have come through there. Sam Laporta is a yak monster and he landed in a perfect spot where he's going to start right away in Detroit. Nobody competing with him there at that position. So I th- I go either way with those two. I would definitely not take Rashi Rice in the second round. It's just way too much helium. Uh, I don't think he'll be any more, anything more than a wide receiver four on the Chiefs for two years at least. Okay. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go with Mayer. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo have success with George Kittle early in his career. So I'm going to bank <laughs> on the, the, the same happening for our guy Michael Mayer here. And I'm going to hope one of these talented running backs or receivers gets back to me here um, with the next pick. All right, Jonathan Mingo, Rashi Rice off the board, Ty J Spears. That Sweet. one hurts the soul a little bit. Bo, you're up on the clock at the 110. What's going through your head and what should be going on through our listeners' heads at this point in the draft? So I'm I'm torn between three guys. Three guys here that I didn't expect to be here. Thank you to the auto pick of Mingo and Rice and Spears, really, because those are three guys that are not second-round targets for me. But I am torn because I like Jaden Reed a lot. I don't need a wide receiver in this draft because I have Josh Downs. But between Laporta and Roshan Johnson, this is a really tough one. And I would probably base this upon my roster construction as a tiebreaker. If if I have a need at running back, I'm, of course, going to take Roshan because he's a stud. And he's going to have a pathway to a lot of carries as a rookie with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Khalil Herbert is okay. And... I mean, they have who they who they just get. The Bears just added somebody too. Uh, they got rid of Monty and they replaced him. Oh, uh, Dante Foreman. Yeah, Dante Foreman, good solid player. The him and Herbert are solid running backs. You can trust them to carry the workload. Either one of them, Roshan Johnson is really in that same mold. And I have a feeling that if he's not an immediate starter. If he doesn't beat out Deontay Foreman in camp, it won't take him long to shine if Foreman gets hurt. He, that's his that's his direct direct comparable there. They're already talking about him as well right now, uh, glowingly. They, they, a report came out that they see him as a long-term solution for this club. So, Bo, if that's your pick, go ahead and smash that button, um, and, and we'll see what I shakes out here. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, he goes Roshan Johnson. He wanted Laporta. And then it's Jaden Reed for the Green Bay Packers. Tank Bigsby, very early pick and, for Tank And Bigsby. now Kyle gets Laporta if he wants him. Kyle, you're not an Iowa Hawkeye guy, I don't think. Uh, and I know you root against the, the, the Detroit Lions a lot. But Sam Laporta is on the, the board for you. Great draft shaking out for you. We got Albert in the chat tonight a little later uh, than usual saying, good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. We appreciate you tuning in at any time of the show, man. Uh, weigh in, guys. What do you think? Is Sam Laporta the pick here for, for Kyle? We could also get behind a guy like Chase Brown, um, possibly a Cedric Tillman in this range. Uh, Kyle, how do you feel about it? Any way you're leaning early? Well, first off, I'm just going to say I actually don't root against the Lions uh, a lot. I was a big Calvin Johnson fan in my youth. Okay. Okay. Uh, But, um, I mean, right? Cedric Tillman is reminding me of Chris Tillman of Baltimore Orioles fame. uh, (laughs) Sam Laporte is just a phenomenal name. Laporta Potty. Come on. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean... I kind of like Sam Laporta mostly because Bo wanted him so bad. Uh, yeah, it makes me want him. So I mean, I'd be trading up for that next pick. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I probably would have traded assets to get 
10, 11, to have 10, 11, 12 there. Because that, w- that would have been me like already contacting Team 11 and Team 12 to get a flurry of guys before there's a big drop-off. Because after Laporta, for me, it's a huge drop-off. I have I have one or two other guys in my tier, Bo, but right around that 305, I hit my next drop-off. Um, but I, I totally understand. And that's something, if you're in some rookie mock drafts coming up or, or some rookie drafts coming up, consider shopping. It's a great time to either A, get some veteran discounts for people who are getting rookie fever, or B, it's a chance to package someone away that you don't want anymore. Uh, we just did a draft a couple weeks ago, Bo, and I traded Mac Jones, who it is a super flex league, just like this. I trade him for the 207 and the uh, and the 407 and Nico Collins because I took CJ Stroud. And to me, that was a win because I got back-to-back picks in two rounds of the draft. And I felt really good that I left my rookie draft with five or six different promising rookies. I can't miss them all, on them all, right? No, you'd hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We got Andrea in the chat saying yes. I'm not sure if this is in reference to what, but I'm going to guess to the Sam Laporta pick. So, Kyle, make Andrea happy. Make Bo happy. Make yourself happy. Get yourself a little cup of Laporta here. Well, I don't know if this is actually making Bo happy. (laughs) Well, I I wanted it for my own team. (laughs) Well, he wasn't coming back to Bo regardless here. And, oh, my God, guys, I I am pumped right now. I was a mess in, in a rookie mo- or a rookie draft that Bo and I, a real one we did a couple weeks ago, and it was because Chase Brown went in the early second round, and that's been my <laughs> little Huckleberry all season long. Jeez. And there, there are a lot of question marks, man. There are a lot of question marks with Joe Mixon that I cannot tolerate, and I think that Chase Brown is going to be a value. The only other guy they have is former uh, Michigan superstar Chris Evans, which – Chris Evans is a guy. He's not Captain America. He's just a guy, folks. And Chase Brown, I've done rookie breakdown for rookie breakdown on this guy. I really think he's going to be something very elusive back. He has a three-down skill set that he, he brought Illinois back on the map. And you know what I like about Chase Brown the most is he performed against the best competition. Michigan almost went for three or 200 yards, three touchdowns, almost upset one of the top teams in the country because he was so dominant in that game. I'm going Chase Brown here, and I'm not thinking twice about it, fellas. Mm. You're, you're, what do you think, Bo? You think I'm, I'm hyping him up a little too much? Because I don't think there's anyone in that range I could even consider over Chase Brown, honestly. So how would you feel if the Bengals went out and signed Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette? Because I think that's a big possibility. Really? really? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think they would. I I, I think Chase, Chase Brown, Brown is Devin Singletary to me. Faster Devin Singletary. He's small, he's pretty fast, any four four guy, but he really can't catch. He's not a good receiver. He's a capable receiver. I don't know if he's a receiver at the NFL level. And he graded well in pass pro, but on tape, yes. I didn't I didn't think he was that impressive at pass pro. I he saw did his job on that. Yes, he did his job. He looked terrible in pass pro at the senior bowl. He had brick hands. I think he dropped three or four passes in senior bowl practice. Uh, looked atrocious at the senior bowl. Like we're talking bottom of the barrel running back undrafted to caliber at the senior bowl. And you go back to his tape and he looks pretty good. Like I, I loved him in the Michigan game. Uh, he's quick. He's fast. He has, he has the shake and bake. But I don't know how well that translates to the next level. The senior bowl practice really does kind of chalk him up against other running backs. Ty J. Spears looked incredible compared to Chase Brown at the senior bowl, and they're the same kind of guy. Well, and I think the one thing that gave me a lot of hope about Chase Brown was his combine testing. He is in the high percentile in speed score, in burst score, and he went out there and benched like a motherfucker. So that's where I'm going. I'm going Chase Brown here at the 3-6. Deuce Vaughn of the Dallas Cowboys follows him up. Shoemaker of the Dallas Cowboys follows him up the 3-8. What a terrible pick. Butte at the 3-9. Bo, back to you. How are we feeling at the 3-10? What are we going with? Uh, it's a bunch of junk here. So I'm going to take one of my guys who I think I've loved. I've had him on my campus to Canton team for a couple of years. Okay. Uh, a very underrated running back who did incredible things at a big program. I'm going to go with Eric gray because as far as handcuffs go, 
Saquon Barkley is still holding out. And if Saquon Barkley misses any time at all, or if he's not in game shape by the start of the season, it's going to be Eric Gray. And Eric Gray is a stud. And I, I, I love big plays. I love guys who can make big plays through the air and on the ground between the tackles and outside the tackles. Eric Gray does everything really well. He's not really amazing at anything, but he's good at everything. And that's the kind of guy I like to put on my team, especially when there's a, such a clear pathway to carries right off the bat for him. Okay. All right. Eric Gray is the pick for both the 310. Zach Evans, the once talented five-star, falls to 311. Tyler Scott, you almost that's got your thing. own last name guy once again. At the 312, uh-huh. Kyle. I like Tyler it, Scott too. Kyle, it is back to you at the three or 411. You've had a great draft so far. Maybe one of my favorite drafts I've ever seen from the 101 position with Bijan, Zach Charbonnet, and Sam Laporta. Where do you go here? Unbelievable. Ev- Evan Hall, Brendan Strange, if you want some more tight end, Darnell Washington, Michael Wilson, Dwayne McBride. That's my, He's my favorite on the board. Tank Dell as well. Uh, we just talked about him earlier. In this uh, in this show, Sean Tucker, undrafted free agent out of Syracuse. Where do you think you lean, if anywhere, Kyle? Or should we ask the chat for a little bit of help? I mean, I'm definitely going to be deferring to the chat. But, uh, oh. I mean, going by names, I mean, Brenton Strange. That's a fun one. <laughs> Evan I, Hall. That's very nautical. I like that. Yeah. I, 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 I will say this. Penn State, Nittany Lions, owe their season to Brenton Strange. They were going oh, to lose no. in week one against Purdue, and this guy saved the day, not once but twice. I, I, I like Strange. I don't think he has a lot of upside in the NFL. I think that's where I, I, I don't see him as an elite pass catcher. I think he's an all-around good player. So, chat, way in here. Where should Kyle go with the 4-1? Four, four we got guys like Darnell Washington. We got Tank Dell on the board, Chris Rodriguez, Dwayne McBride, Parker Washington, uh, Evan Hall, a lot of good running backs still. I'm excited for my pick. That's for sure here. Bo, is there anyone that sticks out for you that Kyle should maybe be considering? I like Evan Hall here. That's uh, He's a late second for me. Uh, Evan Hall's a really good all-around back, very fast. He's Bijan light. Uh, D- Derek Brown has, has been propping him up way higher than anybody else. Yes. I'm not quite there on Evan Hall, but he's pretty damn good. And he's versatile. And I love versatility. Guys who can catch passes as wide receivers, as slot receivers, as gadget players, and as well as carry. He carried a really big load at Northwestern on a really, really blah, meh team. And he was a star on the field. And so I like Evan Hole. I like his landing spot. I think he gets a chance to maybe get some touches as a rookie in Indianapolis as a as a Jonathan Taylor handcuff and as their new as their new Naheem Hines. That's that's really what I what I foresee for Evan Hole is maybe not a huge workload, but one that's significant enough to at least see what he's got. Okay. Evan Hall, that's the call from Bo, and that's the call from our girl Andrea in the chat as well, saying Hall, Kyle. I think the answer is clear, man. You're going down the hall. Evan well, she said hall. hall. Maybe she's talking about maybe she's talking about Jaron Hall, the BYU quarterback. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I trust Andrea more than that. Kyle, he makes the pick with Hall, and then it's Washington, Wilson, Kraft off the board. Brennan Strange, a little bit of a tight end run. And my oh my, <laughs> how the tables have turned, guys. It's an auto smash for me here. I'm not thinking twice about it. I will say I do like some Dwayne McBride at this this position. We don't know what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook. I, I like McBride's type, uh, tape out of UAB. I thought he's a powerful runner, one of the best yards after contact. Shitty line, but still a good running back for me. So I would be interested in him here, but it's tanked out. I can't believe he fell to the fourth round. I don't think he will get out of the second round in some rookie draft. So if he falls into your late, early fourth round, I think it's an auto smash here. I'm going to take the number one wide receiver eventually, I think, uh, at least target-wise, of the Houston Texans and go with Tank Ooh. Dell, folks. Tank is quite the name. Yes. Well, Nathaniel- and it's funny because his ADP rose significantly when it, they, when Sleeper changed it from Nathaniel to Tank. Okay. Was nickname. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's substantially less fun. Yes. I got him. I got him in the middle of the fourth 
before they changed his name. It was before the NFL draft, and he was a th- he was back into the second round before that. And they had him put him on the side as Nathaniel, and he slipped because nobody knew the hell who the hell Nathaniel <laughs> Dell was. And I got him in the mid to late fourth. And then they changed the name back to Tank, and he's back up in the third round. So he got an extra boost in ADP just by his using his nickname. That's yes, awesome. Andrea saying in the chat, no, I don't think she's a big fan of uh, of Tank Dell as much as I am. She might like some Nico Collins or Xavier, someone else on that that uh, wide receiver core. Don't blame you. Uh, he's not for everyone. He's a small guy. We'll see if he can play bigger than himself in the NFL like he did in college. Stenson Bennett off the board at 4-7. Chris Rodriguez. And then your guy here, DTR, uh, quarterback out of UCLA. He goes to Cleveland. Um, you know, is that a good pick, though? Because will he ever really get play with Deshaun Watson there on that type of contract? Are we talking about Deshaun Watson, the guy who held out for two years and was also accused of over 20 sexual assault allegations? Uh, I think it's a really good pick because <laughs> – uh, if you're betting on Deshaun Watson staying on the field, that's just dumb. Okay. All right. All right. I like. I like. I like the. Hey, I- I'm always cool for a little Deshaun Watson. And, uh, and I love DTR. DTR is actually a friend of mine now, so I'm not going to ever say that DTR is a bad pick. Okay. Bo, you're up at the 410. We're really deep in this draft. We're going to go one more final round after this one. But ha- how do the chips fall for you at the 410? I'm getting another one of my guys here. Uh, this guy seemingly has fallen from last year when he was up in the top five prospects at wide receiver at Wake Forest. I met him in Vegas at the Shrine Bowl. This guy is an absolute gazelle on the field. Vertical threat, size, speed, quickness, route running combo, annihilated coverages in ACC. I'm going with A.T. Perry. Uh, this guy's an absolute animal. Landing with the Saints next to Chris Olave. Olave is your your quick, twitchy, get open flanker. Uh, At Perry is a pure X vertical. He's a monster. And Derek Carr loves to go deep. I think At Perry has a huge rookie season because Michael Thomas you can't trust him to be healthy. He's a slot guy anyway. Olave is amazing. I'm never going to say anything bad about Olave. He's going to get Certainly. his, but. We're going to see A.T. Perry put up some best ball numbers this year. If you're an underdog guy looking for a late-round pick, I would look no further than rookie A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Wow, Andrea, she likes that. You're definitely winning a little bit of a fan overnight here, Bo. Uh, Kyle, we are back to you on the board. Um, Some recommendations from myself before we hear from the chat. Sean Tucker, undrafted free agent. Um, However, very talented running back obviously has some health concerns coming into the league here xavier hutchinson we chatted about him earlier kenny mcintosh another seattle running back if you want the handcuff to zach charbonnet that might be him uh he's the handcuff to dj dallas <laughs> yes and, and i will i will say bo that this uh this crowd just doesn't seem as fun anymore after the draft like you could speculate the fifth round and it was fun and now we're looking at it and we're kind of throwing darts so kyle looking at it is there anyone that jumps off the charts to you i I as well would love to hear from the chat if there's anyone puka nakua people like him a little bit at the rams as well um he had an interesting career out there in the the mountain west so um any thoughts from you kyle or the chat would love to hear them uh, Puka Nakua was the name I was gonna highlight. I love Puka Nakua is a f- very fun name to say. Uh, Shout out to all my Samoan friends out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Other than Troy Polamalu. Hey, easy there. This is a Steelers friendly show, Kyle. Not we're a Polynesian friendly show too. Hey, I'm in <laughs> Pittsburgh, and I'm saying that I'm putting myself at risk here. Yes, yes, <laughs> Kyle. You might. At least you don't live on the south side, man. Man, the south side. Once the greatest bar scene. I actually won a, a Guinness World Record for most bars in a square mile. However, now you got to keep the head on a swivel if you're going out there. Uh, Kyle, you venture out out to the south side much? Uh, not often. But okay. No, I mean I bought a Willie Stargell jersey, so I I have some protection. Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you got Stargell or Clementi on your back, you're safe. <laughs> oh, for sure. Teak is a good one too. 
but uh okay all right chin, of course hey well don't forget head on a swivel bud head on a swivel if you're hitting out the <laughs> south side there uh i like puka nakua here though for you kyle we're not hearing too much from the chat as we get in the later rounds um and i don't blame him it's a lot of garbage on the board but nakua yeah like bo let's being honest if cooper cup goes down is there anyone worse at receiver than the rams right now they're playing with ben skaronsky Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup. It's absolutely atrocious. So I, I I don't mind Nakua. Hey, put some respect on Tutu Atwell's name. That dude's a baller at his. Okay, size. Uh, uh, yes, he can catch a long ball. That's about all we've seen him do. Had a big game with Baker Mayfield in there. Kyle, make your selection. We'll round out this draft here. Well, I'm gonna go with the only guy we've been talking about the whole time, Puka Nakua, baby. All right, Welcome Puka Nakua. The he's, he's their new Robert Woods, by the way. And I will say, man, I will take that. Kyle, this is one of the greatest rookie drafts I've ever seen. Bijan, Charbonnet, Laporta. Your team is loaded. What a class for Kyle. Good, good polls, Kyle. Good polls all around. Sean Tucker, Trey Tucker goes next. And then Kenny McIntosh, Jaron Hall, counted quarterback out of BYU. Has some size issues, has some accuracy issues. But he is behind Kirk Cousins here, so maybe some appeal. Man, you could make a case, I think, for for uh, for me to go with uh, none other than Jake Hayner here. He's a talented quarterback. I think. He oh, you get... wouldn't. Oh, you jerk. I, I, I like Jake Hayner. I do. <laughs> However, I'm gonna keep the theme going with the Texans wide receivers, guys. Xavier Hutchinson. Uh, to me, I comped him to another great out of his same school, Alan Lazard. And, and I think that's who he is. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a game breaker, but I think he can be a guy who can play that X. Like, Bo, I see him starting as early as year one. I think this projection point of 45 from Sleeper is malarkey. So I'm going with Xavier Hutchinson. How do you feel about it? I feel like it's a steal this late in the draft. It's a really good value, especially since you mentioned X receiver that, uh, Lazard was never a good X receiver. He's a big slot, more of a tight end than anything. Because I disagree. I disagree. He can't get open. His, well, his RP is well. redder than my eyes after Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, like we're talking about a guy who is simply a big uh, is a is a lanky tight end basically who isn't a good receiver. Like if you put him at a tight end at certain teams, he wouldn't even start. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers likes him is the only reason he's on an NFL roster. Hutchinson is 10 times the X receiver that Lazard ever was. So I do like the pick. Okay. A, a little frisky jet, jet shade there. Don't love that. Um, but I, I understand your concerns with Lazard as an X. It goes Mallory from the Colts at the 5'7". Clayton Toon, 5'8". Law 2, another San Francisco tight end off the board at 5'9". How, how, how do you round us out here, Bo? I'm going to get another one of my guys that I met in Vegas who's extremely under the in the weeds, under the radar, except if you're Jetpack Galileo, who's my partner in crime, leading <laughs> the Justin Shorter charge. Justin Shorter! Oh, Florida Gator, X receiver, 6'4", huge. 225. He's a monster. And he's huge, and he plays nasty. You know, what he reminds me of is is a raw to coming out of Chattanooga. He's big, he's fast, he's gnarly, and he will get in your face. He's going to be everybody in like we're talking. Buffalo is going to love this guy because he's going to push Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is extremely overrated as a route runner. Uh, he's only done well when coverage gets busted because they have so much stress covering Josh Allen's scope of running and throwing deep to Stefan Diggs. So blown coverages, Gabe Davis is awesome, but of course, who isn't? Uh, Justin Shorter can actually win routes, unlike Gabe Davis, and I think as a flanker opposite Stefan Diggs, if he's given a chance, Justin Shorter is going to be a fan favorite, and the AFC East opponents, your Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins fans are going to hate Justin Shorter's guts because he does not give a flying bleep about anything except for dominating. Like that's the number, that's the word he used when I, when I talked to him in Vegas was, I was like, how do you feel about the way you win? And he said, I like to dominate defensive backs. I want to make them feel like they are inferior to me. And okay. I love that. 
I love that edge and him going to Buffalo is perfect because even though it's a crowded receiver room, it's not an overly talented one. Okay. Okay. So Andrea in the chat, she's saying she likes him. She is from Buffalo. Andrea, give me the best wing spot in Buffalo. Do you have one? I would love to know. Um, not that far from Buffalo. So I would definitely check that out at some point. I will, I will close the case on Justin shorter. I mixed on him, Bo. I can't get a good read because he was a guy who started out at Penn State here. I saw a little bit of him in his first two seasons, but he kind of got lost in the shuffle. KJ Hamler was there, Pat Fryermuth, Jawan Johnson, Dotson, a lot of guys who were pretty good receivers. And I liked him coming into the NFL Combine because he's such a monster at 224-63. But we saw a 4-5-5, 40-yard dash, didn't test as well as I would have liked him to. Um, in the agility and in the speed test. So I think that's why I moved him down a little bit, but he still has a decent catch radius. So I don't mind what you're throwing out there. Um, and as a fifth round pick, I don't think you could have picked someone with higher upside. So I can't, I can't knock you. Well, and that's, that's the thing is if wide receiver athleticism mattered, then I would worry about it. But yeah. we've seen time and time again, wide receivers test as athletic freaks and they suck at getting open. They are nothing in the league. And then you see guys like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, just to name a few, who are so good at playing football that they overcome being not as athletic. They're still special athletes right. compared to every other human walking around. But because they're one-tenth of a second slower than a fast guy in the 40-yard sprint in track clothes, then they're automatically downgraded. This dude, four five five at six three and a half. 224 that's cooking and that's cooking with a guy who is going to out muscle guys at the catch point he's got strong hands he's got reliable hands and after the catch nobody wants to bring this guy down all right all right we got andrea saying duff's best wings in buffalo so kyle we might have to take a trip up north here sometime soon check it out how about it Hey, I'm always down for upstate New York. You can hit up Toronto while we're there. Maybe even Detroit. It's right around the corner. Yep. You got a lot of options. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we round out this draft here. Allen of the, of the Los Angeles Rams and then Tanner McKee going to Philly. He goes off the board at 512. And uh, I'll just run through the teams one more time here and then we'll round it out here for the show. Bijan Robinson, Charbonnet, Sam Laporta, Evan Hall, and Puka Nakua for Kyle at the 101 spot. That is a heater. Take a bow, Kyle. Congratulations. Congratulations. And then I here at the 106, Jackson Smith, Najigba. I love that pick. Michael Mayer, at the 2-6. Didn't really fall how I wanted to, but I will take him there. That's Chase nice. Browns, Chase Brown, Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson. I like that draft as well. I think I got five really solid players. Bo comes in here. I think he does an exceptional job on his first appearance of the show. Josh Downs, Roshan Johnson, Eric Gray, and A.T. Perry. Justin Shorter to round it out. Guys, we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. This has been a lot of fun. If you have questions, if you need more uh, from us, you can find us on Twitter at IBT underscore media. we got content on the website, inbetweenmedia.com. And we're here every Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, rocking and rolling with you. If you guys are new to the channel, you know what to do. Subscribe, uh, tell your friends, come back next time. Let's hang out with you again. Uh, enjoy the weekend, guys. E enjoy the rest of the week as well. Some warmer weather finally coming our way in the United States, hopefully up north in Canada, and Buffalo, which we're learning we do have people who listen to the show from Buffalo as well. So we appreciate everyone tuning in the show. We'll be back here in just a little while. Until then, keep it in between.